This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Casey Proud is someone I'm incredibly excited to introduce you to because the chances of you knowing Casey and his story are probably slim to none. He's not a pro player. He's not a coach. And by his own account, he wasn't even really a soccer guy until he discovered some local supporter groups when he moved to the contiguous United States after growing up in Hawaii. It didn't take Casey long to get fired up about soccer once he found it, though. You are going to hear Casey talk about his journey through the American soccer landscape from a very different perspective than anyone who has ever been on this show before. He started as a fan and then quickly escalated to an American Outlaw chapter president and then became a key founding member of the supporter-owned San Francisco City FC. That exposed him to a whole different side of the game and gave him a whole new lens to view American soccer through. But even after seeing soccer as an outsider looking in and then experiencing the inner workings of building a community-based and supporter-owned club, Casey never really understood how much soccer really meant to him until he experienced a devastating spinal cord injury that left him paralyzed. Doctors diagnosed Casey as a complete paraplegic, meaning he had zero sensation below his injury. Dark days followed. Since his injury, Casey has regained some sensation that doctors told him he would never experience ever again. But more importantly, he has regained his positive spirit. A spirit that you'll hear bursting through the speakers at times during this interview. Casey gives full credit to his wife, who is a superhuman herself, according to Casey. And he also gives credit to the local soccer community that has literally carried Casey into and out of stadiums. Our conversation follows a path that Casey laid out in a great series of tweets that he has pinned to his uh, Twitter profile at the moment. His tweets challenge the narrative that soccer is just entertainment. And I would dare anyone to look Casey Proud in the eye and tell him that soccer is just a game. This episode is yet another example of why I love hosting this podcast. I love being able to tell true and authentic stories about amazing people who might otherwise go unnoticed. And I'm able to do that because of your support as a listener, of course, but more specifically, uh, because of your support as a member of the 343 Coaching Program. And I know I say this every week, but if you are a member in the coaching program, not only are you getting an education that transforms you in a far better coach, but you are helping sustain and develop this podcast. And you are helping stories like Casey's get told. If you are not a member and you are wondering what a 343 membership can offer you, it is the complete online resource that will help you reduce your trial and error time and help you get right to the work that matters. You learn the cutting-edge training techniques that have been proven to develop better and smarter players, better and smarter teams, and better and smarter coaches. The 343 Coaching Education Program gives you insider access to exclusive videos of training sessions and full games with additional education from ebooks, audio interviews, question and answer sessions, and online forums for networking and collaboration with other members. To learn more and to explore all the benefits of being a 343 member and to help support this podcast, visit 343coaching.com. That's the numbers three, four, and three, coaching, all spelled out, dot com. 
Okay, that's it for the intro. I'm incredibly excited to introduce you to Casey Proud. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, uh, so, uh, to answer your question, no, uh, not really. I mean, um, you know, it's all good. I, I, you know, I, I love talking about, uh, you know, my experience and, you know, there was nothing about my situation that was like traumatic or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, really, uh, whatever you got, go for it. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't mind. Okay, cool. So we'll just, uh, we'll just keep going then because I, uh, I have your set of tweets that you actually have pinned on your on your Twitter <laughs> account right now and I've just I've I don't know I can't even tell you how many times I've read through that man because it it resonates with me. Um mm-hmm. I I have a completely different story, but your your story in general is something that's super unique. Uh I mean just just going through the first couple series or the first couple tweets in that thread. I mean American Outlaws president uh uh a supporter owned club uh fan and i want to say board member right uh yeah i was a board member uh in 2016 uh and uh into the beginning of 2017 uh before my injury happened and and i mean there's some amazing pictures that are in this thread of you just (laughs) i can see like the smoke and the flags and the scarves and everything so it's like the the culture that is kind of built around or that you, that you guys actually built from scratch. I, I, I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say the culture that you guys built for your team and around your team is, is something that's quite amazing. Um, and then you, if you inject your own personal story into that, it it just, the story becomes that much more, uh, that much more incredible. So, uh, kind of, kind of walk me through, uh, your involvement with soccer, prior to, I guess, four years ago, because it says four years ago, you became president of the American Outlaws in San Francisco. Yeah. So, um, really, I mean, you know, it's funny, you know, we kind of, uh, uh, talked a little bit about, you know, I grew up in Hawaii and, uh, in Honolulu you know, I grew up playing youth soccer and, you know, just like a lot of folks, uh, you know, I, um, I played when I was a kid, uh, up until, uh, you know, right around middle school and then, you know, kind of dropped off, uh, um, you know, for me it was to go surfing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, growing up in Hawaii, it's, it's something that you do. Um, and, uh, you know, see, it was something that, you know, I just never really, um, you know, after, you know, a- after I stopped playing was, you know, it, it just wasn't on my radar. I remember, you know, uh, you know, I remember telling my mom when I was a kid, I want to, you know, I want to be a soccer star. She was like, well, you're not going to make a lot of money uh, in in the United States. So, um, you know, I remember, you know, hearing that and, you know, not having any, you know, real role models, uh, you know, to look up to not having a, you know, uh, any kind of future, uh, that was, you know, apparent to me. Um, uh, you know, and it wasn't really until I uh, went to college and I, I started playing intramural, uh, a little bit more and, um, you know, kind of remembering what that was like. And, uh, you know, and it, it actually was, uh, you know, I went to college in Washington. Um, 
and it was uh, when the Sounders uh, joined uh, MLS that it was like, oh, wow, like soccer as a thing that, you know, you can watch, like, wow. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, that kind of, you know, that piqued my interest again. And, um, you know, it's funny because I started, you know, watching the Sounders and then uh, immediately after uh, their first uh, MLS season, I moved back to Hawaii. Um, so I was really removed uh, from, from them. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, the 2010 world cup happened and I was watching that and, um, you know, you know, getting, you know, my interest was, uh, you know, for the game was, you know, really starting to grow and, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, I moved to San Francisco and, you know, I just remember like, it was weird. I was, you know, I was like following the, still following the sound and, you know, I was like, ah, oh, this is just, you know, really, this is just me. I, I remember, uh, you know, going and watching the the U.S. women uh, play, uh, um, you know, they put together these events at Civic Center uh, where they'd show, uh, you know, World Cup matches, uh, Civic Center in San Francisco. Um, and they put together these World Cup viewings on these big, you know, projector screens and, you know, being like, oh, this is awesome, you know, having this, you know, huge group of people all watching the game together and, I remember thinking about how, you know, just how awesome that felt, uh, you know, kind of having, you know, it not just be me in my bedroom, you know, watching, <laughs> watching the game and, um, you know, really being drawn to that. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, growing from that really, uh, you know, I started going, uh, you know, I, I started going to, you know, meetups to go and watch games, uh, uh, around the city, um, uh, you know, and it was really like getting into the, um, you know, it was, it, I started going in 2013 when the U S was going through qualifying, I started going to like, uh, American outlaws viewing parties. And, um, I started going to Sounders viewing parties. There's a group, uh, in San Francisco called the fog city faithful. Uh, and you know, they watch Sounders games and started going to those. And it was like, Oh wow. You know, it's, there's a lot of soccer fans here. There's a lot of people that, you know, care about the game, care about, you know, uh, various, you know, uh, various club or, you know, various teams, various, uh, um, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, organizations. And, um, you know, so it's kind of through that, that I really got involved a lot more uh, in like the San Francisco soccer community, like not just, you know, as a viewer, but as a, you know, uh, as more of an organizer, you know, because there was, there was always people that were, you know, um, uh, you know, that, that wanted to go, but didn't want to, you know, do any of the organizing and they didn't want to do any of the, you know, uh, put any of their, you know, their energy into it beyond, uh, <laughs> you know, just beyond like going and showing up. Right. And I'm absolutely so one of those that, people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's it, it's understandable, you know, the, the logistics of it, uh, of putting together something, it can, it can feel daunting, it can feel like, um, you know, you you don't know what you're doing, you can feel uh, like, you know, um, you know, just uh, administrative work that you don't want to do, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I've always known, you know, I've always felt that, you know, that feeling, um, uh I, I, I know what that's like. And, um, so I think, you know, that was, that was sort of like my precursor, um, to really being involved in, 
in, in so- San Francisco soccer is um, I started really seeing like, Oh, you know I mean? There, there are groups of people that, you know, that, uh, that want to watch American soccer, that want to watch um, um, uh, soccer in general. And, and I started um, doing my own, you know, sort of due diligence on what's, you know, here in the city and, um, you know, what's going on. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, as I started, um, you know, as I got involved uh, with American Outlaws in a leadership position, it was like, you know, one of the first things that I um, remember kind of thinking was, um, and this was after I had really met, uh, I think this was after I had met uh, Mike Gonos, who's been a big, I mean, you know, he's been a long time um, uh, you know, supporter of soccer in San Francisco. Um, you know, we had kind of started talking about, you know, what, you know, what we want to see for the community in San Francisco um, and, you know, kind of what needs to happen. I, I, I remember, you know, he, I think at that point he had kind of invited me in to uh, be a part of the San Francisco um, uh, Football Supporters Association. It was kind of a group that wanted to, um, you know, uh, that wanted to grow um, a, you know, a soccer community and hopefully a club for San Francisco. Um, you know, we were kind of, the group was about discussing how to do that. And, um, you know, in, in that he had, he had said something that really stuck with me. And you know, he had said, you know, if we wanted to, if we want to be, um, a global competitor, uh, the United States, if we want to be a global competitor, we have to have, um, you know, clubs in every community in the United States. We have to have, um, you know, we have to have community soccer um, in, in every community uh, around the country. And, you know, that that kind of stuck with me as like, wow, you know, this, this all has to start from, you know, the ground up. This all has to be here that we're doing work, you know, um, uh, primarily. You know, we can still connect on a national scale, but, you know, that's where the, um, you know, that's where the work has to be done. So, you know, that was kind of one thing I really wanted to focus on when I started being involved with the American Outlaws was my local community, what I was doing, how I was able to, you know, do work, um, there. And, you know, I was still, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) learning, learning about the game and, you know, uh, learning about, uh, um, uh, you know, myself, uh, as an organizer and, um, you know, I mean, so it was, you know, I was, I, it was all a, a kind of a transitional thing as I was moving into really making moves, uh, and being involved in the, um, San Francisco soccer community. So that was kind of, yeah, my, hopefully not too long. We did a explanation <laughs> of how I got to the beginning of the thread, um, and, uh, and where we went from there. I can actually tell you exactly how long it was. It was like 12 minutes. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, I mean, you know, and I wanted to kind of give, you know, just my, my honest story, you know, how, how I, you know, because, you know, there's, I know there's people, you know, there's people that might think, ah, oh, you know, I have to be, you know, uh, I have to be, you know, a fan of soccer for X number of years to get involved. And it's like, well, 
or, or, you know, I have to have played the game and it's like, well, no, man. I mean, you know, that, that absolutely helps. That absolutely is, you know, and, and I think that's absolutely going to inform, you know, your idea of how, um, how to, you know, be involved with the game and grow the game, uh, you know, is to, uh, is, is time and, you know, having played the game, being involved in the game, obviously. But I mean, on the other hand, it's like, you know, I mean, you can still get involved. Um, you, you can still affect change, even, you know, if you're like, a, <laughs> you know, even if you think that you're not um, fantastically, you know, experienced or anything like that. So, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, for anybody who's listening, I, that's, that's something I, <laughs> I think it's good to stress, you know, yeah. you don't have to, you know, uh, be, uh, you can get in when you get in, you know, and everybody has their own story. So. Absolutely. No, I, I, that resonates with me too, because I'm for the most part, I, I have very, very little soccer experience. I played high school soccer. There was no clubs where I was at growing or where I grew up at. And I played one year of junior college soccer. So my playing resume is terrible. My coaching, <laughs> my, my coaching resume is equally as terrible. I, I coached high school soccer and some, and some low level like club soccer. And most of it was, um, you know, I would say not even probably like silver elite, I think is the highest we got to. So it's like not even top tier, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but that's just what available. That's what's available in my area. So, I mean, right. We are, we're halfway between San Francisco and LA. And a lot of the times I mean, for years and years and years, we actually got denied a home field in our home city. And so we had to drive an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours to play home games. So, I mean, yeah, you can you can understand probably the turnoff to people, but like yeah. we talked I about the I, other I day, we, we talked about it the other day. You're in Hawaii, like <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a right? whole other ball game. <laughs> Absolutely, just another you know level of removal from um, sort of American soccer and uh, you know what uh, what goes on with that. I remember like seeing a, a while back. I think you had talked about um, you know some of the things that had you know gotten in your way, uh, like. Uh, like an email thread that you had posted um, yeah. about uh, people that had kind of, um, you know, stood in your way um, uh, and, you know, how just, you know, how many of those barriers exist uh, for people trying to get involved uh, or that would be getting involved uh, with the game otherwise. Right. Yep. And it's, it's interesting now because I actually just last month got elected to the board of directors of one of the local leagues and Congrats. yeah, <laughs> I don't know if, if, if I deserve congratulations because it's been a headache nonstop since. So it's been a one month long headache and it's only growing. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I was kind of inspired after I interviewed John Mata and he uh-huh. talked a lot about how as a young, as a young man, he saw an opportunity to get involved and he took it. And so he started at, you know, the lowest level and got involved with the state association and then got involved with refereeing and, you know, fast forward, you know, 20 years or so. And, and then he was, you know, on, on the sideline refereeing or sorry, assistant refereeing for an MLS game. It's like, okay, well I can totally see myself taking that, that type of trajectory, but also right. more importantly, I can see myself, you know, continuing to grow in these leadership roles or these, these roles that have the ability to make changes. And, and yeah. that's really, that's really where I guess 
where I want to be or where I feel like I need to be because I can only talk so much on this podcast and I can only type so much on Twitter, right? And then you need to go out <laughs> yeah. and actually do something. So oh, I totally. feel like this this is now me, you know, doing something and and yeah. We'll see where the headache takes me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna get back to I wanna get back to your thread of uh of tweets though and, and I'll make sure I mention it in the intro to actually to to kind of put it in context. So as we're talking about it, it's it it's going to be a little bit weird, but um, That's fine. the the next the next step in that was you got involved with a supporter owned club. Actually, you guys decided to start a supporters a supporter owned club, and I'm curious after what you said before that kind of what that guy said. I think you said his name was Mike. What Mike said to you was that it needs to start in the actual communities. So that's where soccer needs to start and kind of be, you know, the community needs to own it. So I'm curious yeah. at what point did you guys decide or was Mike involved in that conversation as well? But when did, when did that idea for San Francisco city FC come up? Um, you know, so I'm not actually sure if I believe it actually might've been, uh, Jacques, our, our club president who, um, uh, you had a podcast with about a year ago, actually. I did. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I listened to that recently, uh, again, um, uh, Jacques, uh, Jacques was sort of my first, I mean, Jacques was my first, um, uh, you know, sort of exposure to SF city. Um, and he was the first person that I met, um, that, uh, you know, had floated the idea. Um, so kind of in terms of the, you know, the, uh, the very, you know, sort of the beginning point, um, was, um, it's, it's actually a kind of a, a funny story uh, the way it all kind of, uh, came together for me, uh, in SF city. Um, there was a random, uh, like Twitter account that popped up NASL to SF to with a you know, number two. Um, and it, uh, it just kind of popped up and started tweeting at everybody about, you know, um, you know, having a pro soccer team in San Francisco. And, um, you know, they had talked about, uh, you know, shooting for NASL and they made a website and, and we're, I think a lot of us that were involved at that point, were kind of like, who is this? Like, what, what's going on here? And, um, you know, and they started to, you know, and, and they were like, hey, you know, if you want to get involved with this, here's our email. Send, it, send us an email. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's work on this. And, um, uh, you know, so so I got in contact with them and you know, I got put on this thread. And on the thread, uh, this email thread, were already were um, uh, Mike, Mike Gonos, um, Jacques, uh, and Stephen. Stephen was uh, Stephen Kenyon, um, who... Uh, eventually was, you know, a big player, a big part of um, uh, our club uh, for a couple of years before he moved uh, down to San Diego. Um, and uh, he, so it was, you know, and, there, and there was other people too. Um, and, uh, you know, so we got into this email thread and, you know, we all started kind of talking and um, the guy that organized this email thread, his, name was, uh, his, his handle was Jack, uh, I think Jack ASL 2 sf uh, at gmail.com or something. And it was kind of anonymous, uh, uh, person. And, um, uh, you know, we kind of, we were like, Hey, let's have, let's have a meetup. Let's do a meetup. And, um, 
uh, we're going to meet at, uh, you know, a bar called Mad Dog in the Fog. It's uh, in the hate in San Francisco. And um, uh, it's, a, it's a soccer pub. Uh, um, they play, you know, all sorts of, you know, matches. Chelsea fans go and watch there. Um, and uh, they, so we, we all got together and I, sh- I showed up um, and that's where I met Jacques and Steven. Those were, uh, you know, sort of the two guys. And, um, uh, and this guy, Jack, uh, never showed up. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, yeah, so we're like, oh, well, this guy's, I guess he's, you know, maybe just couldn't make it. And, you know, uh, uh, just to sort of fast forward, it, it turns out he was, he was on this thread, you know, helping us organize all these meetups. And we never actually met the guy. We never actually like saw who he was. We, we had no idea like where he came from. And so now we're all just kind of like at this point, you know, several years later, we're just like, who was that guy? Like, was, was this an astroturfing thing from NASL? Was this like a, you know, we all have our own speculation about, you know, where this person came from. But um, <laughs> anyway, hilarious. so that meeting though, so that so that meeting was uh was where we kind of talked about um what we wanted to do and I went in going uh oh you know like we're going to um we're going to go from here to an NASL team so we need to find out who has money and uh you know uh, talk to them and um you know we're going to go straight into NASL and, and Jacques was like well you know I have this team uh, you know I'm a part of this this club called SF City and you know we play uh, in the San Francisco Soccer Football League, and um, you know, we want to, we want to, I want to build this as you know our team. We want to, I want to, I'd love to build this from the ground up. And um, you know, Stephen, you know, he was, I remember him talking about it. He, he was so excited about that, and I was just bewildered. I was like, you can do that? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that was a, you know, that was a possibility. You know, I was, you know, on this, you know, just somebody has to have money and then they have to throw it at you and then you have soccer. Right. Um, and, and so the other part of it was Jacques had talked about, you know, one thing I'd love to see is, um, supporter ownership involved with this. So from, from what I remember, it was a lot of it was Jacques, um, talking about it. Um, I don't know if I, I think it was, if I remember Jacques was the one that had kind of proposed it. Um, I think he might've talked to Mike, uh, in the past cause they had, they had talked before, you know, I got involved, um, about it as well. But, um, you know, as far as I remember, uh, Jacques was the one that had kind of floated that idea. Um, and you know, I remember in initial proposals that he was talking about, uh, when we were looking to apply to NPSL, you know, that was what we wanted to do. That was part of how we wanted to make it happen. We wanted to, um, uh, we wanted to um, join NPSL as a supporter-owned club. Um, and we had kind of talked about how we were going to do that in terms of um, number of members we'd need and uh, how it would be structured. And, you know, um, part of the plan was, you know, just how successful we'd seen supporter ownership be um, uh, for clubs around the world and, you know, how it engaged the community and, and how exciting it was for us to, you know, be sort of, um, sort of trailblazing that a little bit in America and, um, and, uh, having that be the idea of, you know, how we structure the team, 
Um, and you know, that was, I think the biggest thing for me where I was like, I am 100, 100% on board with this club. This is how, you know, this is how I think like, uh, soccer is going to work in this community, uh, is having it be structured in a way that has, you know, where, where supporters have real agency in how the club, uh, is run, um, how, uh, how the club survives, you know, uh, who the club is marketed to and, uh, for and by. And, you know, so, you know, once I, you know, that was, that was where I was just like, you know, you know, count me in. I, I, I want, I, I want to be part of this, um, completely. And so, um, so that's kind of how we started. And then, you know, we kind of talked about, uh, in subsequent meetings, how we were going to make that work and how that was going to look. And, that was all up until uh, the MPSL bid uh, or, you know, MPSL uh, application, uh, which is its own story. I, I mean, I think Jacques had kind of talked to you about <laughs> on your last podcast of how that all went, which is just, um, you know, I'll just say I before my pin, my pinned tweet that I had, uh, you know, uh, of the thread that we're talking about. The last one that I had was something along the lines of American soccer is, um, uh, tr- American soccer truth is stranger than fiction because it's just, <laughs> you know, the way that things happen in American soccer w- were just so just mind boggling to me of how that could be possible, how these things could happen. I'm just, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, and it's funny and it's weird. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it was such an interesting, uh, story. So, and you were coming at that from a completely like ground zero level, right? Like you, you had no real experience or knowledge of like the landscape of soccer, soccer politics. Like you were kind of learning on the fly. And so Not, when you say yeah, that pretty much when you, when you say I, that soccer truth is, is stranger than fiction, it's like, you're just like, this is unfolding in front of your eyes and you're probably just thinking like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, I think, you know, especially coming from somebody that had, you know, been watching, you know, and uh, watching MLS and, um, you know, being part of, you know, a uh, more like, uh, like MLS and U.S. soccer centric perspective, you know, like, you know, they have this kind of like, um, you know, what comes with that is this like, uh, like, this look of like American soccer is very put together and is very, um, you know, uh, is very professional and, you know, and, um, you know, there's that, you know, sort of surface layer of, you know, sort of marketing and, uh, and, um, uh, and I just, I guess, um, uh, just sort of like, uh, this perspective that they're trying to push, uh, to people that, yeah, you know, we have our stuff together and, um, you know, <laughs> everything, uh, you know, everything is working and we're all growing and every, you know, everybody's happy and you just got to sign on with us. And, you know, and then there's this sort of, you know, once you really kind of start getting involved and start digging in and you just see, um, where, uh, you know, the, there's disconnect and where, um, you know, that very much isn't true. Um, and, and where you start seeing, uh, you know, how many communities aren't represented and, um, uh, you know, how many, uh, you know, I think, um, 
you know, how, how, how soccer, uh, you know, or how people are doing whatever they can to make, you know, soccer work in their communities. You know, it's just, it's, it really is like, wow, that's, <laughs> you know, really was eye opening to me in, in just how, um, how much work there is to be done, how much, um, <laughs> I guess just how much we all need to, you know, or how much the average person uh, could do um, uh, when it comes to uh, being involved with soccer. And um, so, I mean, I think part of it, you know, one part of it was, you know, in, you know, was how we had, uh, you know, been a part of, uh, you know, supporting the team that was in San Francisco before SF City, the MPSL team, uh, the San Francisco Stompers, who have since moved to the East Bay. Um, and just kind of seeing that and, you know, you know, trying to support that and, you know, there being a bit of a disconnect uh, for us as, you know, people that want to support soccer locally. And, um, you know, that's, that's another story as well. But I think, you know, when we kind of saw that, that was another part of why we were like, you know, gosh, you know, we need to do this on our own. This has to be us, um, you know, making this happen to build a club the way that we want it to be built, you know, uh, to build a club for us and for, uh, and build and, and to build a club for San Francisco, um, in the way that we think it needs to be built. So I think that was another part of what informed that mindset and, you know, um, and, and having a sense of control in this sort of chaos of, well, you know, community soccer and lower level soccer. It's it's funny you mentioned like trying your best to support you know the the team that moved from one side of the bay to the other side of the bay. I had a interesting exchange with uh, one of the hosts from the Pine After podcast, and he had asked me w- what team I support, and I was like, "Well, I'm in between L.A. and San Jose, so there's no real team like like first team <laughs> in my mar- in my market, and then the next closest." Right lower division team would be in Fresno and that's a USL team. So it's like, I have re- no real connection to any, to any of those communities. So why would I support any of those teams? And NPSL hasn't made it to my neck of the woods yet because we're still so, you know, disconnected from those major metropolitan areas. And that's kind of right. how leagues and stuff are set up right now where it's not, yep. it's not community based. And I did, I was thinking about it and I, I think I even sent to him as like, yeah, like the nearest, team that draws a crowd is, is Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They're a college team and you know, they, they play against their rival Santa Barbara and right. 15 and 15,000 people show up and it's super fun, but that's twice a year when each <laughs> team has a home game. So it's like, right. it's really, it's a stretch for me to say that, you know, I'm a supporter of their team or like, that's my favorite team, but really that's the closest soccer. That's the closest to like a soccer culture that I have in my neck of the woods. So right. all this stuff that, you guys have been doing in San Francisco and Dennis Crowley has been doing in, in New York and the guys have been doing in Detroit and things like that. I'm just sitting here taking mental notes because eventually that's what's going to hap- have to happen here in my neck of the woods. And I'm kind of just taking inventory each move that you guys make or each move that they make because it, that's that's what's going to eventually happen. And, and that groundswell is, is going to be is, – I am 1,000% confident that it's going to become so big that it can't be stopped. So, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. And, and I think, uh, you know, to that point, um, one thing that I had kind of been thinking uh, about sort of in the lead up uh, to talking with you 
was, you know, this idea of like, you know, we see lower level soccer working in, you know, pockets around the United States and, um, uh, you know, working whatever, whatever that necessarily means, uh, you know, but I think, um, you know, one thing I had kind of a notion that had kind of come up for me is there's, you know, we can talk about, you know, things that I think, you know, we could talk about formats that work, um, uh, for, um, you know, for various teams, for, for various clubs and, uh, various teams in various communities. But, you know, I don't think, I, I think it's something to think about when, you know, people are approaching, you know, approaching this is that, you know, there's absolutely no like set in stone formula for like, this is how, you know, uh, you know, you make soccer work in your community. Um, you get, we can absolutely, you know, trade, uh, ideas and outlines, but you know, every, every community is different. Every, you know, um, uh, you know, every community has its, um, you know, its own, you know, it, its own personality and, and every community its own has flavor, its, own, its own flaws, its own absolutely culture. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and I think, you know, so, so when we're, you know, when people are looking at, you know, uh, working on a club and, you know, uh, and, and, and building it, I think that's something to keep in mind is really like, um, you know, you can look at other clubs uh, and how they've done things as guidelines, but you know, by no means should you look at uh, exactly what they're doing is what you need to do exactly as well. Um, you know, so much of that is going to be, um, you know, taking in, uh, is, you know, the culture and community that you're a part of and, uh, and acting based on that, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it's like, you know, it was, it was so interesting. So, um, <laughs> another funny story, uh, you know, and again, why, uh, you know, soccer has been such a weird, you know, this whole, you know, journey has been such a weird thing. Um, I got an email, uh, uh, I think in 2014, um, and it was from this guy and, and he was like, Hey man, I mean, you know, I'm looking at starting uh, a club and I wanted to get some input from you. Um, the club, uh, it's a club back in New York and I wanted to know what, uh, what you, what you thought about. It. And I was like, okay, sure. What, you know, I, I had no idea how he found my email. Um, <laughs> and I met, and, and I was like, okay, sure. And so I, I met up with him and, 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 you know, we talked about soccer and talked about what we're doing with SS city. And, and I talked about my involvement with American outlaws and, um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of said what we were doing and what I thought w- would you know, worked for us. And he was like, okay, cool. And, you know, we, uh, you know, I walked him back to the BART and, um, <laughs> turns out that was Dennis, um, <laughs> who had, you know, just, uh, randomly found me, uh, like, uh, you know, and wanted to get my foot. And, uh, I had no idea who he was. Uh, I didn't, I didn't take the time to Google him at all. Uh, or, you know, I was just like, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what we're doing. And, you know, <laughs> He was so just quiet, receptive, and um, uh, uh, you know, uh, just you know, asking you know, sort of pointed questions about uh, you know what we had done and what we were doing, and um, but you know, I think that conversation was very much a lot of you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, he was asking what worked for us, and you know, I think kind of taking notes on on that, and you know, I think 
you know, I could see him, you know, sort of the gears turning. And, and I think he, obviously, you know, he's, he's done pretty well in, uh, you know, taking, you know, all that information and building something that works for his, his, his community. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I just think, you know, that's something that, you know, that people really need to think about, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, to supporting lower league, league soccer is, and or just supporting soccer in general. I mean, when you look at what MLS is kind of providing, you know, they're providing a sort of, or they're, they're looking to provide a, a similar experience um, to uh, to every community that they're in, right? I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of what a franchise is 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 meant to do. I mean, it, it's a, it's a bit of a standardized kind of. Um, Casey, uh, you're kind of you're, point, I mean, Casey, you're kind of cutting out. Sorry. Oh, oh, can uh, can I'm not sure where you where you had me. Uh, I was I was saying, uh, you know, MLS. You know, part of what they're what they've been trying to do is you know sort of have this standardized model um, uh, for each community that they're in, right? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and you know, so and wh- what you're what we're seeing is that it works for it. it works for some it, it actually i mean it works great for some and in others it doesn't you know in others it's you know it's not something that's uh you know completely workable and it's not something where uh you know people are completely engaged and um you know so i think that's something that that's another thing that i'm trying to uh you know um or that I, I don't know I, that i kind of feel is this idea that you know part of what really, um, you know, uh, part of what uh, really makes the um, idea of working from the ground up um, so appealing is that you're making, you know, you're making those connections in your community early on, you know, you're making those connections and you're building that, that base in your community. Um, uh, and you're finding out what works and what doesn't in a, in a, you know, otherwise pretty low risk kind of situation, you know, uh, at the lower levels. And, you know, that's where you can, I think, really kind of, um, you know, and that's what we're trying to do at SF City is, you know, build, uh, you know, something that's really robust and, um, you know, has a very solid foundation to it so that hopefully, you know, in the future, we'll try to move up, uh, you know, into, you know, professional, whatever, um, that works. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, just sort of a, a case in point, it's like, you know, the San Francisco Deltas, right. Um, this was a, a, a club that, you know, they were, you know, trying to go, be professional and move into, uh, you know, uh, you know, second, uh, division soccer uh, and hitting the ground running and you know what what came with that was they had to get every I mean they so much of it was getting everything right as soon as they started right you know they had to you know they really had to be um, uh, you know kind of not perfect but you know pr- pretty well put together uh, right when that right from the get-go and so it's like and any mistakes that they made were going to be you know a lot more, you know, a lot more damaging, I think, uh, than, 
uh, they might have otherwise been if they were, you know, in a much more, you know, sort of low stakes, lower league situation. And, um, you know, we kind of saw that uh, in, in a lot of ways. We saw, you know, and, you know, they, they, they absolutely did some, you know, great work on the field and, you know, putting together, a, a obviously, a, you know, pretty successful <laughs> um, professional <laughs> club. But, you know, there were so many other parts of it that, you know, because they didn't have that, you know, sort of foundation to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, um, you know, to build off of as, as much, you know, I think that's where they had, uh, they had some problems, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, when you're looking at, you know, and I, I, I just think, you know, in terms of our structure, in terms of our system, you know, I think, you know, building robust clubs, you know, there's, there's just, that's part of what, you know, I, I think, I believe, uh, there's something to be said for, you know, just teams being able to start from the bottom and, you know, having that, um, you know, having the, that sort of, uh, you know, getting those failures out of the way, um, uh, in a very, you know, uh, smaller, smaller stake situation and, and, and being able to really feel out their community and the community that they want to represent and that, uh, represents them and, um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that's a big part of it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one of the, I, I can't remember where I saw it or heard it recently, but somebody was talking about as you kind of climb the ladder in American soccer, you kind of get like this, you get less and less soul in your team. And so <laughs> when you get to, when you get to kind of like the top, it's like this very sterile environment. And it's like when you walk into a, a McDonald's or you know, a Walmart or whatever chain, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's very sterile. It's very boring. It's kind of elevator type music. Like that's kind of like the, the, the theme song for first division American soccer at this point. And, right. and the further, and the further down you go, you have, you have soul and you have passion. You have people that are really, really involved with their communities, not people that are going out with like Xboxes and trying to get kids to play, you know, FIFA tournaments or something like that. But it's like, you have like real connections to the community and that, uh, like the person said, I can't remember for the life of me where I saw it or read this, um, or heard this, but yeah, just like it, it becomes soulless as you, as you climb the ladder in American soccer. And you see that when people kind of, you know, have to fit into that USL box or that MS or that MLS box. And maybe NASL was a little less boxy in a way, I guess you could say, but I think that there was still a box there. And I, I uh, think so. I think, I think absolutely. I mean, you know, and, you know, and that's not to say, you know, I think there's absolutely pockets of that, um, you know, that community and, uh, and that soul that exists even in, in, even in MLS. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's, there are absolutely, you know, genuine communities that uh, exist, um, uh, that exist there, but you know, so much of that is built, not, you know, so much of that is built by the supporters and by the fans and absolutely you know, by the people that, that, that want to, um, you know, that want to affect, you know, um, that want to affect, uh, their communities through their clubs and, uh, you know, want their, want their clubs to be representative of their communities. And they're, you know, they are putting their foot down and saying, you know, no, you, your, you know, you folks have our name, uh, you know, on your, you know, on your team. And so you are going to be, um, 
you know, you are going to represent our community. You know, that that's what happened with the Seattle Sounders, like right off the bat, you know, they, they had talked about having um, all of these different um, team names. Uh, and, uh, you know, when they were trying to name, when they were trying, trying to name the team and um, people wrote in Seattle Sounders FC um, as the name. And, you know, <laughs> that was, I, don't, I think that wasn't even an option um, like uh, <laughs> in the beginning. And people said, no, like, this is what we want. This is, you know, this is where, uh, you know, uh, soccer history has been in Seattle. And, um, you know, that was something, you know, uh, I remember Mike and I had kind of talked about. It's like, wow, that was, that was incredible. Like, wouldn't that, you know, wouldn't that be great if that's how it was for everything with the club? And, um, you know, so I think, you know, like, and, you know, I, I, and I know, I mean, you know, it's like I've been a part of a, um, MLS, uh, you know, like affiliated group, you know, the, the, the supporters group for the Seattle Sounders in uh, like uh, in San Francisco. It was like, you know, I know that there's communities, wonderful communities. You know, they were part, they were a huge part of when I was injured, um, uh, you know, supporting me and, um, you know, uh, uh, showing me, you know, the love and, you know, uh, uh, support that I needed. Um and I, you know, and that was, you know, that was where, you know, that those kind of connections have been, you know, so important to growing, you know, um, really passionate, like, um, like, uh, fan bases and communities in, in, in soccer is when you have those kind of connections between people and, um, you know, and, and it's not, it's so, so rarely is it going to come on high from the club, you know, that's, yeah. you know, the club has to be responsive to what, you know, the people that make up the club are building. Casey, have you, have you looked into all or looked into the situation at DC United at all and what's been happening with their supporters? Oh yeah. The bar, uh, like uh, the supporters and, you know, how the screaming Eagles are, you know, kind of have been singled out by the club as sort of, or the, by the team as like, uh, you know, the, um, uh, you know, as the, the supporters group, uh, that has access to ticketing and of, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I just, I think, I think it's sad, you know, I think it's, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's endemic to, you know, where I think a lot of, you know, fans um, have been maybe steered um, uh, in a way in American soccer is like, you know, we have to be responsive to what, uh, you know, or, or if we're, if we're in the, you know, good graces of, if we do what the club wants and we're in the good graces of the club, then that means that I'm a, you know, uh, fan and supporter of the game and, uh, of the club. And, and that, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, to, you know, I don't think that passively consuming the game is necessarily the, the worst thing, but, you know, I think it's something to, you know, uh, to, to look at as like, or, or to, to be, I don't know, um, to, to be critical of, you know, to, to think, oh, you know, when they're dictating, uh, when, when the club is kind of dictating how, uh, you know, how people can support and who can support and who has access, um, that's really something that people need to be critical of. People need to be, um, uh, highly suspicious of highly 
you know, uh, <laughs> uh, um, wary of. I think absolutely. Um, you know, you know, because as as people that are consumers of the game, it's like you know, you know, we are. You know, that is our that that is a huge part of the power that we have is, you know, whether or not we are, you know, whether or not we're giving our money to somebody and, um, you know like uh how we're you know uh, i don't know how 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 that lets us access the game and um you know so i don't i don't, I don't know i mean i think <laughs> I, I might be rambling a little bit but I, I just think it's you know when i hear that it's i mean i just i think it's it's part of how the mindset for us is you know fans of the game and supporters of the game needs to change you know but not just fans, Casey. It's that yeah. that same that same process is used against the media as well. So it's like if you don't fit into what whatever they want, you lose access. And and that's DC United right now is is a prime example of them doing it to fans. But there's been plenty of examples of Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer doing that to journalists over the course of you know ten fifteen years. And if if you don't subscribe to the way that they want you to behave or the way they want you to report about the game, you lose access. And so it's really that access that is kind of like the carrot on the end of like a, like a stick. And that's like, okay, like if you, if you stay in line, you get, you get the, you get the treat and, <laughs> and Absolutely. You, you can see that just on full display right now in, in, in DC. And it's, I can't imagine. I, I just can't believe that in 2018, we're still dealing with that. And it seems like it's getting worse. Like, it's like, what the hell is happening? I mean, I think so much of it is about, uh, so much of it is about control, right? And, control. And, yep. and, and, and like, and like you said, I mean, so much of it is access and, you know, who gets to access the, the game and, uh, in, in the United States. And you know, I think a, there's a lot of us that believe, um, that soccer should be for everyone. Soccer should be, you know, uh, uh, you know, accessible to everyone and, um, you know, every, you know, and that everybody should feel like they are able to either be represented by, um, uh, American soccer or, you know, uh, take that representation into their own hands. And, um, you know, I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, that's, uh, that's not being afforded. And, you know, I, I think, you know, for, I mean, you know, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of media, uh, you know, I think one thing I have to constantly remind myself is that there is this, you know, multi-billion-dollar marketing company that is, you know, involved with American soccer that is there to control the narrative, right? So, you know, when it comes to, you know. Uh, and, and that's in soccer United marketing. Right. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, controlling narratives and when it comes to, uh, you know, how, um, media are allowed to, um, uh, engage with the game when, it, uh, and how supporters are allowed to engage with the game. It's like, you know, do we have this media uh, company, this marketing company that's there trying to control like that narrative, right? 
that access um, to the stories in the game and um, uh, to um, information in the game. And, uh, and so it's like, you know, I think, you know, that's something that I, I, I'm constantly kind of battling with when I, you know, when I see somebody that's, you know, that I disagree with and, and I'm getting like all riled up. It's like, well, you know, that's a product of so much money, you know, that's a product of so much money going into, um, a narrative, uh, being sort of woven through American soccer right now. Brainwashing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and it, it, it is, it is, and it isn't, you know, it's like, it's, I think, you know, that's a strong, that's a strong word, but you know, it's, marketing know. is so, it's just marketing is so powerful. And, you know, we could see that in our political climate uh, right now. I mean, we can see that with, you know, how people, um, you know, who have uh, accepted, you know, their, you know, their quote unquote side. Um, uh, I, you know, in my opinion, uh, on, you know, sort of the, uh, the, <laughs> the conservative alt-right side, you know, they, they have, you know, they are the product of so much, you know, money going into controlling this narrative for them. Um, you know, that, you know, that, that sort of, stepping back and, you know, being a little bit more introspective and honest and, you know, having that honesty, those honest conversations with themselves and each other, you know, those are so much harder to have when, um, you know, you have um, very official sounding, um, very, um, uh, you know, very well put together uh, folks saying that, you know, uh, the story is this way and, you need to you need to join us in building soccer our way, you know, um, and and that's powerful, you know, that that's really powerful for people to see that. I was absolutely a product of that for for a long time, um, you know, just seeing, oh, you know, like we we have to build, you know, we all you know, come together uh, around um, Major League Soccer, and um, you know, we we should build you know, MLS that way. And, and that was, that was compelling to me, like being, you know, it's like, wow, you know, this is already all set out and all I have to do to be a part of this movement is to just buy into them. And, um, that's, you know, that, that can be such a powerful, uh, you know, notion to people, uh, when they, when they hear that. And, um, and, you know, so being kind of critical of that and, being honest with yourself when you go, Oh, well, you know, I mean, how, what are the actual arguments that they're making? What are the, you know, what are they actually saying to me? Uh, You know, that's, that's a, you know, those are, those are, you know, those are a little bit harder to have when you've kind of, when you, when for so long you have seen, you know, this official kind of, um, uh, uh, information coming down at you, uh, uh, from very wealthy, very powerful people, um, you know, it's, it's just it's hard to change that mindset. And, um, you know, I, I, and, you know, fortunately, I think, you know, for me being involved at a lower level is kind of, you know, it made me see it firsthand, just, you know, where we're at. And um, it, it helped me so much more to be critical. And, um, you know, I think not everybody has access to that. And not everybody, you know, can see that. And so that's something that I kind of keep in mind, uh, when I'm, you know, having discussions and when I'm watching discussions happen. I, I want to try to tie 
kind of multiple points that you <laughs> that you just said back into the whole reason yeah. why I wanted to interview you because I don't I don't think I mentioned it in the when we first started the interview but your entire thread was about how this is so much more than just a game and so you're talking about billions and billions of dollars being on the line and you're talking about connecting with communities and you know people meeting up at bars and exchanging ideas and having discussions and things like this and it being so much more than just a game and your series of tweets paints the picture in in a very clear way from the very start and then you get kind of like halfway through it and you have a, a, a personal story that it changes everything for you and you've you've kind of dropped the the hint a couple of times throughout the interview and I'm sure that I'll mention it in the in the in, in the introduction as well when I record it but you you had a life-changing injury and I'm curious if you had that it's more than just a game mentality before your injury or if that kind of really hit home for you after your injury and if you can maybe tell I and again I I've never talked to you before so I'm learning about this firsthand too so if you could tell me about what exactly happened I'm, I'm super curious to find out um so absolutely um you know so just to you know uh, uh just in terms of what happened um you know so my injury was a snowboarding accident uh, it was February of last year um, you know, basically just, uh, going off a, uh, you know, a really very large, uh, jump, um, you know, just on the little, uh, uh terrain park off it. I was trying to do a really simple 180 and, um, I got stuck right at the top of the jump and the snow was really wet and sticky and I got stuck at the top of the jump. And so instead of rotating sort of horizontally, I went sort of end over end, um, and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, ended up doing like a somersault, um, uh, right onto my back. And, uh, um, you know, when it happened, uh, you know, I actually didn't think it was that bad. Uh, I was conscious the whole time and it hurt a lot. Uh, but I was, <laughs> you know, um, I was, you know, I, I thought that I was going to be fine and, um, you know, I kind of, you know, as I, I realized, wow, like I can't move my legs right now that's it's really weird and it kind of had a ringing in my head and um and I was like god oh, that, that was really bad but you know, I, I think I'll be all right and like I, when I realized I couldn't move my legs I was like ah oh, you know that's that's weird and that's not good but I'm sure I'm sure it'll clear up in 30 seconds you know it's, it's all gonna come back uh in you know you know 30 seconds from now and you know <laughs> I kind of laid there and uh fortunately there were some guys that were watching the jump uh some jump monitors and like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, well, can't move my legs. Um, uh, you know, and so they were like, Oh, and so they came over and started talking to me and throughout the whole thing, I was noticing that, you know, the the feeling wasn't coming back to my legs and, um, it was really like, uh, you know, what if? And and so I, you know, they uh, did a lot of checkups on me, uh, ended up taking me down off the mountain, you know, got me in an ambulance and throughout the whole thing, I was just like, Oh, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is going to get better. And you know, I, was, I was never, you know, I could still feel tingling in my leg too. And so I was like, Oh, you know, I mean, I have some feeling there. Like, so, you know, I, I'm probably going to be all right. And I never once really thought of it as, uh, you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, as bad as it was. And, um, so anyways, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it turned out to be a lot worse than, uh, we thought. And, 
um, you know, uh, I had to go through rehab and, uh, you know, um, I had to move, uh, you know, I had just some of the scariest, the scariest, uh, times of my life of just, you know, what am I going to do? You know, um, uh, I'm going to have to move, um, you know, everything has changed, you know, like how's this going to affect Sarah, my wife, um, you know, am I, uh, am I ever going to walk again? You know, it's just really scary times. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, fortunately for me, it's like through all that I had, you know, I had this awesome base of support in Sarah, uh, my wife and, um, my family, my, uh, you know, all of my friends, um, but a big sort of part and underlying part was my soccer community who, you know, when they heard about this, just like immediately mobilized, um, you know, sort of in support of me. Um, and, you know, they, they came and they visited and they sent me gifts and, um, you know, I got messages. I got, I got a message from Dennis, uh, um, you know, I got uh, just uh, the American outlaws and, you know, just, uh, all of my Sounders friends and, and of course, you know, everybody in San Francisco CFC and all of the Northsiders, you know, they all just, you know, went into action for me and, um, you know, did fundraising for, you know, to help medical, you know, expenses and moving and all of that. And, and then, you know, and that was just, you know, immediately in the aftermath. And then, you know, uh, throughout last year, you know, I had this sort of continuing support of uh, people that helped me continue to, you know, support the game that I love. And, um, you know, they I had Pete Bogus, one of the um, one of the uh, uh, board, board members of San Francisco City FC and, you know, just longtime supporter and just just an awesome guy. He came and picked me up for every single game uh, and took me to every single game and um, took me home and. Uh, you know, made sure that, you know, I could, you know, get into the stadium and, um, you know, get up into the stands if we needed to, you know, helped me, you know, go on our away trip, you know, the, well, really that was everybody in the, uh, the North side has helped me go get on our away trip down to Fresno. And, um, so just, and, oh, and the, like the, you had people from the American outlaws, like come and, you know, literally carry me into a uh into avaya stadium for uh usa um honduras the uh uh the six nil uh, uh qualifier uh and um you know so i mean we you know we just had we had people uh just from all over that you know kind of came together for me to help me continue to you know ha you know to access the sport and um and access the soccer community. And, um, I mean, it was huge for me. It was, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, people say to me like, Casey, you have, you know, such a great perspective on things. And I mean, that was a huge part of it was the, you know, the people that came together for me to help me continue to be happy and have that, um, that, uh, positive outlook on life and, you know, be able to continue to, you know, do the things that I love, you know? 
I'm, I'm really, I'm super curious because you mentioned like so many names that, that you heard from. Did you, did you ever hear from, from Jack to NASL? <laughs> no, I did not hear from him. Um, you know, he might be, have, you know, he might be, uh, I don't know. Um, astroturfing another thing uh, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> out in American soccer. Um, but, uh, you know, you kind of talked about, uh, you know, to get back to another sort of theme that you were touching on. Um, uh, really, I think, you know, this injury and, and the response to it, you know, when I, I think it really did uh, help me. It really was a catalyst for me to, you know, kind of changing my view on how, you know, people look at soccer um, and how people consume soccer and support soccer. Um, you know, I was absolutely, you know, having those thoughts of like, um, uh, of, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't working and, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's so many problems and, you know, that was absolutely, um, there, uh, to a certain extent, but I think really, uh, it was a, you know, a big time perspective changer where I was like, wow, you know, I mean, look at what can exist. Um, and, you know, when, when people start uh, looking at um, the game as a means to something else uh, um, and, uh, and sort of a, a part of something bigger. Right. Um, and, you know, that, that was, that was part of, you know, it's sort of the, the the notion that I was trying to get at in this thread was just like, you know, how much more was involved uh, than just going and watching soccer. That's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously that's, you know, that's, that's a big part of what it's centered around, but there's so much more that goes on that's, that's around it. That's, um, uh, that's part of it that, um, you know, that you uh, can have with a club that, you know, you love and that represents you. Um, and, you know, I mean, that was, <laughs> you know, that was just proof in the pudding uh, uh, through all of last year, um, uh, you know, when my club and my community came together for me. So, I'm, I'm really curious uh, about your status today. So the, the injury was February, 2017. We're, we're talking now in March of 2018. And what is, can you give us an update on, on some, some, I guess the status of the injury yeah. now? And then also, um, can you, can you also tell me a little bit about how, Go, or if ahead. you are still, if you're still involved in San Francisco city at all? Sorry, you just kind of broke up a little bit right at the end. Uh, it sounded like you wanted to know uh, if I'm still kind of involved with San Francisco City. Yeah, so an update on your injury and an update on your involvement with, with lower division soccer. Yeah, so um, really I think, uh, I mean, I'm still absolutely, you know, um, you know engaged with uh, SF City. Um, you know, I'm not part of the board uh, any longer, uh, um, but I'm still helping them with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still helping them uh, with, uh, some projects here and there. I'm actually uh, on one right now. That's uh, it's pretty exciting. That you know, uh, still early stages, but um, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, if it'll work, and uh, I'm excited about it. But um, uh, I think 
I mean, I'm, uh, I'm definitely not as engaged as I was, um, you know, the past three or four years, uh, just because I'm a little bit more focused on, you know, recovering from my injury. That's, you know, that's really, you know, my first priority at this point, um, in terms of my own kind of personal life. And, um, uh, you know, so when I was first injured, I couldn't move anything really below my belly button. Um, you know, just my hips, uh, legs, you know, all were just very, um, pretty much there was just nothing. Um, uh, uh, I really, you know, I just had sort of my, my stomach, uh, and up and, um, you know, but I've been, I've been working, you know, uh, pretty much not almost full time, uh, in just doing rehabilitation, uh, and trying to walk again. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. And, um, I don't want to just walk. I want to do everything that I did before. Um, I want to, you know, I want to play soccer. I want to surf, you know, I, you know, I want to do all of it. And, um, right now, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, standing independently yet. Uh, I'm still, uh, in leg base, uh, leg braces. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, with help, um, uh, I'm definitely uh, with help. I'm walking, um, you know, basically I just need help, <laughs> uh, locking my legs out. Um, but you know, I can, I can pull through, uh, you know, uh, uh when I'm uh, standing up vertically so I can take steps, uh, assisted and, um, you know, I can, uh, kind of walk, uh, with a walker and, um, you know, so I've made a lot of progress and I've gained, regained a lot of sensation, uh, in my lower, lower body, uh, as well, which is, you know, really exciting, um, you know, going from just basically nothing, uh, to really having some pretty significant feelings. So, um, it's, 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 it's been a journey. It's, it's been longer than I thought uh, it might be. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's happening. It's, 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 it's coming along, you know, and, you know, with, you know, kind of just like SF city, it's like, you know, I know that, um, you know, real significant progress takes time and, you know, so I'm willing to be patient for it, you know? Absolutely. I, I think that you have a very ironic last name. I'm assuming that it's your real name that you use on Twitter, but Casey, Casey <laughs> proud, is. Casey yeah. proud. And the way that you kind of tell your story and, and about your recovery, it's like, you are so proud of the things that you are able to continue to do. And as you were telling that story, I was like, no way that this is his real, real last name. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like it's, it's funny because, you know, I was so like, you know, I was just so not stoked with my last name for so many years. And you know, <laughs> now it's like, I love it. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a cool last name. Uh, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's fun and, you know, uh, weird and super duper English. And it's, I mean, it's funny growing up in Hawaii, you know, just total like Holly boy last name, um, you know, <laughs> uh, and like, uh, you know, I mean, that was, you know, it, it kind of, it informed my identity of, you know, just, oh, you know, I'm, that's, that's where I'm coming from and I'm not going to try to be anything else. And, um, you know, uh, I think, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a little self-descriptive, I guess. Um, but, uh, really, I think more than anything, it just kind of, uh, you know, it reflects my total dorkiness of a personality. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool though, man. And, and I mean, 
everybody has to have their own individual flavor and, and style and soul and everything. And I think it's weird, that, but you can, you can definitely tie that or spin that however you want back into, you know, soccer and, you know, the project that you guys have at San Francisco city and, and just everything that, that goes into it. It's like everybody has their own kind of quirky self. And I, I think, your your last name right now is is super fitting and and I'm I'm super excited that I caught wind of you. I don't even know how I started to hear about your story, but I know that I I knew about you before you pinned that tweet because I remember when you pinned it. But um, but your uh your story is inspiring, man, and and I hope that people connect with you, and I hope that people follow not only your story but but San Francisco City. And and the club story as well, and and just San Francisco soccer in general. I was I'm sorry for rambling right now, but I was in San Francisco for the NASL final, and it's like to know that that died the next day was so disheartening. It's like being at Kazar Pub and then walking across the street into the stadium and seeing excess of ten thousand fans storm the field. It was like that was an amazing thing, and then for that to just vanish the next day, it it, it was just disheartening. But to know that there's people like you and Jacques, and I know that there's many other people throughout, you know, other clubs and organizations that are that are working to bring soccer back to San Francisco or just kind of keep it alive in San Francisco. So the, all the work that everybody's doing in the city is is amazing. So, um, I guess one thing I'd, I'd like to ask of you is is how can people contact you or or kind of follow your journey, and how can people stay in contact and follow San Francisco City FC? Well, obviously, um, you, if you want to support the club that I love, um, become a member. Um, you know, uh, if you go to sfcity.com or sfcityfc.com, uh, slash, uh, memberships, um, uh, you can buy a membership. Um, uh, you can buy a membership if you don't live in San Francisco. Um, uh, if you, or if you don't live in the Bay area, um, and we'll send you a we'll send you a scarf and a membership card, and uh, we'll get membership rights and privileges. And um, you know, I mean, so I mean, really, you know, that's I think that's probably one of the best ways. You know, be, become involved with a, uh, with a club that's you know trying to do things um, the right way. You know, trying to do things the way for soccer supporters and uh, the people that that help make soccer and uh, live soccer work. Um, you know, go, go buy a membership, uh, you know, buy a, buy a lifetime membership, <laughs> you know, buy, buy, <laughs> buy whatever, buy whatever fits, uh, you know, uh, you obviously. Um, but you know, go and support us there. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, and I think, uh, that I would love to see, uh, you know, from people, but also, you know, get involved with your community, you know, just at, at the, very, you know, get out, get out and just, you know, start talking, start having conversations, be honest, you know, have honest conversations, um, about where you're at and, you know, what you think and, um, you know, be honest with yourself. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's something that I've definitely found for myself, uh, has been huge. If you want to follow me, I mean, I'm on, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's my, uh, Faux Hawaiian uh, name Shakaloha One Thousand. 
Uh, it's my Twitter handle. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, if you want to follow my journey, uh, you know, I have an Instagram, uh, that my, my wife, uh, uh, she updates a lot more. Um, it's, uh, her Instagram is wonder woman, Sarah. Um, and, uh, and she updates, uh, you know, how I'm doing and, you know, progress that I've made. And she's also really cool. Cause she does cool things like, you know, fighting MMA and high diving and, oh, wow. um, yeah, she's, I mean, gosh, if there's anybody that has been, you know, just number one badass in my life and for my situation, it's been Sarah. She, she's just another level of a human being and, you know, um, partner for me. But um, anyways, uh, so that's, <laughs> that's another place where if you wanted to see more about what I'm doing, uh, you can go and find her. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think... Uh, that'll probably be the best way um, uh, to do it. Cool. Well, Casey, I, I appreciate all your time, man. And I'm, I'm absolutely sure that people are going to love this story and, and you're probably going to get a handful of questions thrown your way, man. I don't mind. I mean, you know, I'm, I might, I, you know, I might have some answers. I might not, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, uh, I'll do my best. You know, I, I absolutely don't mind, uh, you know, sharing and doing what we need to, you know, to make this game, uh, make this game happen um, the right way uh, in the United States. Right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. Thank you to Casey Proud for coming on the show and for telling his story and for also telling a little bit of the story about San Francisco City FC because I think that's an important story that needs to get told as well. If you are looking for more info about San Francisco City FC, I actually interviewed their president, Jacques Pelham last year so you can go back in the archives on 343coaching.com and you can find that episode and if you do go to the website make sure you check out all the benefits of becoming a member of the 343 coaching community we offer a program that gives you access insider access to full games full training sessions ebooks audio interviews question answer sessions and a whole community that is made up of coaches all across the country and you can find out all of information about that program on 343coaching.com that's the numbers three four and three coaching all spelled out dot com and don't forget that the coaching program is actually what helps fund and develop and sustain this podcast so if you like this podcast go check out the program okay we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 podcast thank you for listening and see ya